Hi, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Get Funded podcast, the podcast aimed at founders, entrepreneurs and CEOs looking to raise funding under the UK government tax incentives, being the Seed Enterprise Investment Scheme and the Enterprise Investment Scheme. My name's Steve Livingston, and this podcast is brought to you by IP Tax Solutions, the Innovation Tax Specialists. So what we're doing here is we're covering uh, short snippets, uh, tips, practical ideas, information around these schemes. They can be quite difficult to navigate in parts, hence why we're trying to uh, break it down into smaller parts. It's not a substitute for professional advice, but it hopefully should get you quite far along in terms of your knowledge of these schemes. And maybe you can get as far as you can on your own, which is great. Um, you can find this podcast on iTunes. It'd be great if you can subscribe there and you can get the previous episodes. Uh, we've covered the tax benefits. And in the previous episode, number six, we covered getting your share capital right, uh, getting the share structured right, and all about how you need to have ordinary full risk shares and they can't have preferential rights. So that kind of covers the type of shares. What we're going to cover in this particular episode is how many of the shares you can have and still qualify for these reliefs. Now, the rules here are the same pretty much for both EIS and CDIS so I'm kind of talking about both here when we're discussing the percentages that you can have. Now how this works again we've already mentioned in previous episodes how generous the tax reliefs are here so as you might expect it's not aimed at kind of founders 100% founders of companies. Nope there is a limit and it's a substantial interest limit whereby you can't hold more than 30% 30% of the share capital of the company and qualify for either the seed enterprise investment scheme or the enterprise investment scheme. And this is really on the basis that's meant to be for um, typically for investors coming into the company. They may be business angels, they may bring their expertise as well, but they can't have more than 30% of the issued share capital. Now there used to be a rule in place that loans to the company also counted when they looked at kind of the overall potential control of the company. Now that rule went a little while ago, so we're now just concerned with issued share capital. It's fairly easy, fairly straightforward. Where it gets more complicated is people say, ah, right, fine, well in that case, what I'll do is I'll invest with my wife or spouse and uh, I'll have 30%, she has 30%, and then we can sort of get as much of the company as we possibly can under our ownership. And unfortunately, you can't do that. There are associate rules, and this is where we often see some problems for people who've gone some way on their own and have realised that they've kind of... um, messed up the share structure so to speak uh, in terms of having associates involved as well and how it works and so when we're looking at associates you are counted as one effectively so if you and a spouse have um, say uh, 20% each you've actually then got 40% um, so you have then breached the rules for CDS or EIS um, it's you are counted as one and it's not just spouses it also goes in terms of family blood relations and it basically goes upwards and downwards is the simplest way to think about it. So parents, grandparents and upwards and also then downwards children uh, also count. Or um, One thing that one actual sort of direction doesn't count is some sideways. So brothers and sisters, as a rule, stand a fine. So you could sort of co-invest with a brother or sister and you won't be amalgamated in terms of your ownership. That is still fine at the moment. Um, so that works. But typically we see you know spouses and also you know I've invested my parents or that sort of thing so that's where you can hit some problems and you've got to avoid so there is a substantial interest test you've got to um, abide by 
Um, it can be possible in theory, you know, if you have four people come along and they have, say, 25% each, then you, as founders, you can potentially qualify for the CDIS or EIS relief. You've got to be careful how you structure it and how the funds come in and the sort of timing and directorships and all those sorts of things. And that's something for future episodes. But being mindful from the outset of this 30% rule is absolutely critical. That's the message from this particular podcast. Um, and we're here, we're concerned with the issued share capital of the company. So I hope that's been useful. Um, we will have future more detailed episodes on other aspects and kind of the permutations, these sorts of things and how they play out in practice. So setting out the background at the moment. Um, please, if you can, um, subscribe via iTunes and you can get both uh, past and future episodes. And if you could leave a rating, that'd be much appreciated as it then helps this uh, podcast get found by other entrepreneurs and founders. Uh, it's quite a complex area and um, the more information we can get out there for people, the better. This episode was brought to you by IP Tax Solutions, the innovation tax specialists covering SAS and EAS and also R&D tax credits and the patent box. And they can often flow together quite nicely for many companies. So if you're using these monies that you're raising for maybe developing some sort of technology, maybe you're developing uh, some sort of software, uh, some products, you're manufacturing, whatever it might be, there may well be the opportunity to uh, bring in R&D tax relief. At the moment, the R&D tax relief is bringing in, a you can almost get about a third of your spend back in terms of uh, cash for the R&D tax relief. And a common misconception, you don't have to be profitable. You know, loss-making companies get cash back. Even if you paid no tax as such to date, you can still get cash under the R&D tax incentive probably one of the most attractive tax incentives out there at the moment and they work really nicely together and we do that with lots of our client companies so please reach out if you want to discuss that further Uh, so that covers this episode and uh, i hope you found that useful my name's steve livingston thanks for listening